I'm James Day, and this is Focus on Pocus, a podcast about current topics in point-of-care ultrasound. We've had so many varied guests in the field over the past two or three years, and if you feel so inclined, pop over to pocus.org where all the shows are archived, give a listen, and also reach out to us if you have an interesting story to tell that revolves around all things ultrasound. We're very excited about our guest today. Today's esteemed guest, Dr. Teresa Owens Tyson, is a CEO of HealthWagon, which is the first mobile health provider that has been providing rural health care for Central Appalachia since 1980. Wow, uh, that was when I graduated high school. That's at least 42 years ago. Hmm, that's a long time. So Dr. Tyson's leadership in the healthcare sector has garnered notable recognition, including interviews from media that include 60 Minutes, Nightline, CBS Nightly News, Inside Edition, Washington Post, and New York Times, among the other extensive media attention, including international press regarding her efforts to provide access to healthcare to the poor and marginalized in the Appalachian region. Dr. Tyson has presented at the United Nations and the World Health Organization numerous times. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. That's great. Now, I just want to run a quick bio because, wow, you guys have an avalanche of awards, you know, to include things like um, Advanced Primary Care Community Leadership Award, Global Nurse Award, AstraZeneca Healthcare Foundation, Daily Point of Light Award. It goes all the way, way back to 2004. So I'm just going to give a quick bio here. As a family nurse practitioner and the president and CEO of St. Mary's Health Wagon, Dr. Teresa Owens Tyson leads a medical nonprofit in Central Appalachia. St. Mary's Health Wagon exists as the region's only safety net healthcare clinic for far southwestern Virginia. Dr. Tyson leads her clinic in promoting the mission of providing quality, affordable, accessible care to all with an emphasis on helping the medically underserved. St. Mary's Health Wagon is a free nurse managed health clinic consisting of three stationary and two mobile clinics serving Lee, Scott, Wise, Dickinson, Buchanan, and Russell counties. St. Mary's Health Wagon is one of the oldest, if not the oldest, mobile clinic in the United States, serving patients since 1980. Wow. Amazing stuff. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, the, the awards, I mean, you know, so many have came alongside us and recognized our good work, the hard work of our staff, you know, and, and you know, the patients here, you know, in, in the central Appalachian Mountains is where we're located at. And so we really face, you know, higher death rates from common causes, you know, across the board. So, you know, our individuals here, they're, you know, they're, we have really uh, incredible healthcare disparities. You know, they're more likely to die from heart disease and COPD and diabetes and, and you know, even COVID. I mean, as of probably four weeks ago, I know COVID's on the forefront of everything. Our death rate here was four times that as a state average. If we had been our own little nation mm. here, we would have been like we would have the highest rates in the in the nation, you know, in our region here in the far southwestern portion of Virginia. We see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of depression, a lot of mental health, a lot of, you know, substance use disorders and, and things like that. So, you know, overall, uh, our health our outcome ranks, you know, are, you know, are, are very high for, you know, mortality and morbidity associated with those higher uh, health care disparities. You know, Virginia is incredibly 
wealthy state. You know, it holds some of the wealthiest counties in the in the nation. We do have the wealthiest mm-hmm. county in the in the nation, but you juxtapose that against you know the extremes here in the far southwestern you know corner uh, of Virginia. You juxtapose against that, and you see you know just such disparity uh, exists. So we're all about you know bringing resources to those individuals so that we can hopefully one day you know turn around these you know dire numbers that we often you know see you know it, with our health outcome ranking that is amazing and you know i'm based in philadelphia and i did a doctors without border and a rat aid to haiti and i always thought that was uh the most poverty i've ever seen but to think about that right up here in the northeast quarter not even a stone's throw from highway 81 that's pretty telling that's that's a very sad affair for uh, the united states it it, re- it really is. I mean, it you know, in some ways, it really makes you uh, to you know, we we should we should be ashamed that this is occurring. You know, in the United States. Yes. One of the things that we are known for is our outreaches, and we have we had traditionally had what we called remote area medical here in Wise County. We had had that twenty years up until, you know, COVID occurred, and it was uh, a very large, free eye dental and medical. Uh, clinic that we held each year, three days at the Wise County Fairgrounds. Literally the week before, we would be sweeping out uh, the stalls of where we had the old McDonald's farm for the local uh, fair <laughs> to, you know, we would use a lot of Clorox, but we would, we would clean it out. Uh-huh. For to, to deliver healthcare services with, you know, over 1,500 volunteers would really come into the region and help us to give this uh, amazing care. But it looks like something out of a third world country if you you know if you pull the pictures up it's just people in mass that are lined up we've seen them sometimes try to come up and line up as much as like a week in advance you know to get uh, dental care and to get eye services and you know and health care in general and you think this is occurring in the united states you know and it's really it's really hard to you know, for people to even fathom that that could be occurring here in the United States, but it's very much, very much real. I mean, we deal on a daily basis, um, as you were saying, we're the oldest mobile free clinic in the nation, and we have also stationary uh, clinics in the region that we deliver the deliver care. Uh, again, trying to you know to avert some of these catastrophes that we see with these you know poor outcomes and so forth. And so, you know, every day it's a it's a fight, 365 days a year to keep you know, the population um, from, you know, being ravaged by, you know, particularly chronic disease and, you know, most recently like the the COVID. Um, even our COVID response has been very, it's been incredible, the response that we've had with COVID. Our free clinic essentially saw 32,000 patient encounters last year. Oh, my gosh. We've given, uh, yeah, we have given an incredible amount of uh, vaccines and so forth like that over about, I think, about 2,400. We have tested in excess of 20,000 people for COVID testing and um, and a phenomenal uh, number that we're just so proud of. We have given over 5,000 monoclonal uh, antibody infusions for treatment of, you know, of the COVID-19. And we're the only people that I know of that are doing that mobily given the monoclonal antibodies yeah. and we also use the oral therapeutics as well. And so we're literally, if you can imagine it, we're, you know, we were on a mobile unit. We're putting families of, you know, four and five when they come down with the COVID-19 into a, in, you know, into a small room, like a, like you would see on a camper, you know, like a small, small room here and another room with four or five people in it. And, you know, and, and two or three in, in the hallway, you know, hooked up to IVs. And so at the, uh, you know, at the height of this, which was just, you know, 
just a few weeks really back for for us, um, we were given as many as like 100 monoclonal antibody infusions a day. And we were actually uh, only behind a large healthcare system in the state of Virginia, Carillion Health Systems. They, they were only given uh, a few more than what, what we have. And we, at the end, I mean, we're not at the end of this, but we may have already surpassed them in the numbers that we've given with monoclonal antibodies because we were especially hit hard uh, with COVID. And the health wagon has really stood in the gap between COVID-19 decimating this very vulnerable population. And we have stood there in the gap with, you know, with treatment, with mitigations, such as, you know, giving out masks and vaccinating and, you know, community outreaches and, you know, and treatment of COVID and, and all the good things that we're, that we're doing around COVID. We also had one of the first post-COVID clinics in the nation, um, we had that well in advance of a year ago. Now you're seeing, you know, a lot of the hospitals starting, you know, to, you know, to carry those clinics as, as well. But the health wagon really was the leader. You know, uh, we've been a leader in, in the COVID here, you know, for the nation as well to show, you know, what you can do, you know, in a community, what a small, uh, a small clinic can do. Uh, we can, we can make it happen here and, you know, we can take care of those individuals and you can, you know, we can work together collaborate with others to stop, you know, like COVID-19 decimating, you know, these very vulnerable populations. That's actually amazing, the good work you do. And I know, you know, I, I have gone on what we call mission focus to other regions in the world. I'd really like to jump on the health bandwagon and help you guys perhaps in the future. Oh, we would love that. That would, that would be, that would be great because we're always open you know, to volunteers because, you know, the health care that we give, although it's um, free, you know, to the individuals, you know, it, it's it's costly to, you know, it's costly to provide. I mean, and so oh, yeah. we're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for donations, you know, and, and resources to, you know, to bring to the individuals of uh, the Appalachian region. Absolutely. So let's talk about those early days in the 1980s. So how did it begin and how well, I'm just thinking of how well your vehicles worked and, and what was the spark of the idea? So uh, Sister Bernie Kenny, she was actually a Massachusetts Catholic nun. She came at the request of the Richmond Diocese. Mm-hmm. Prior to this, she had been in Africa in Tanzania, but, uh, you know, the Richmond Diocese, the Catholic Diocese, they they recognized that there was just such an inherent need here for healthcare in a region. Mm-hmm. And with that, they sent her to the region, and she actually started out of the back of a Volkswagen Beetle with her flaming red hair, and <laughs> she would, you know, she would go across the mountaintops and down through the valleys and you know, and deliver, you know, wonderful, compassionate health care that, that we're still known known for. And so she actually started all those years ago. And I had been with the health wagon. I was her first uh, paid employee. And so I came to the health wagon. I've been here nearly, uh, I think I'm approaching like 30 years here as well. Amazing. Sister Bernie has since retired and, uh, you know, and she turned the reins over to me uh, many, many years ago. And so it has just really grown phenomenally. You know, our first uh, mobile vehicle, it was, it was donated for like a dollar and it was just, you know, wow. a, an RV a Winnebago that was retrofitted to, to be, a, you know, be a clinic. And um, we wore out a few mobile units on the roads, you know, since then, mm-hmm. and we're actually getting a brand new mobile, mobile unit to get out on the roads. We just went and, and seen where they were building that and getting ready to, that's going to be delivered to us very shortly. So we're really glad because our other one has got many, many miles on it. And, uh, 
It actually has like a hole in the uh, had a hole in the floor there. If, you, <laughs> if you've seen like the sixty minutes piece, we were on sixty minutes, and they they featured that, and so we have to be very careful about where we stand. But uh, but anyway, we're getting a brand new mobile unit, very uh, you know excited about that. But um, you know, God has just been the uh, he's he's given us his hand of favor. I think uh, you know on all these years, you know, starting with Bernie Kenny, and you know throughout the years, we've just We've just been very, you know, blessed and fortunate by lots of good people, lots of wonderful donors and foundations and other businesses that, you know, uh, they think like we do. You know, they want to reach out and help others. And so right. we've just been very, you know, very blessed. I think, you know, when I, when I started, we may have seen four or five hundred people, uh, you know, in a year, you know, and now last year to see over thirty two thousand, you know, it's, wow. it's incredible how, you know, the health wagon you know, uh, you know, has been scaled, you know, to reach that many, many people. We get calls almost pretty much on a weekly basis, you know, I want to do this in my region. I want to do this in my community. And so we're always, you know, on the phone, with, you know, helping people to, you know, get their start just as we did, because, you know, if anybody can do it, you know, we can do it. Mm-hmm. We we have a lot of first under our belts. You know, we were the first FAA uh, drone delivery that was approved, you know, for the United States. And we did a, a, a drone delivery of, of medication. Oh, wow. We, uh, we did the first ever telescopies in the world that's under telehealth with Dr. Tracy Crutzy, urologist from University of Virginia. We have a very large, robust telehealth platform, uh, you know, that we use. We're the largest telehealth provider in the United States. We've all, always been known for having the largest medical outreaches in the United States as well. So we've got a lot of first and notable firsts under our belts, but it's all because of, of wonderful people that, you know, and wonderful staff that I have that come alongside me and help with these things. That's that's amazing. And that's, you know, you, you got me thinking, I was wondering if the pandemic really impacted those advances in mobile and telehealth care for you guys oh certainly you know we're we've really seen you know the rise of like uh you know like telehealth uh you know i think that is really COVID for all the bad that is that i mean there's been a lot of there's good things that are that are coming out of that you know with patient care you know an advancement that we have seen in telehealth i mean we have been doing telehealth for uh, 30 uh, you know 29 30 years so we've been doing it all along and you know to, to see other people embrace it as we did 30 years ago you know is a uh, very you know rewarding to to see that you know we've seen those advancements i think it's also you know uh you know talking about you know the, this program you know focuses on like you know point of care like ultrasounds and things like that i think it's really bringing that to the forefront because i know never in a million years did i think that we would have to Come, become an you know infusion clinic and really um, deliver you know emergent care as we have like uh, during COVID but you know when our death rate just a few weeks back was you know four times the you know the state average I mean we were doing a lot of emergent care because simply our emergency rooms they were you know they were overtaxed and you know and you know we've 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 had this you know really happen all the way you know through COVID we see the rate spike and so the the emergency rooms would be over you know overwhelmed that you know they were overwhelmed with testing they were overwhelmed with people you know needing you know effective treatments like monoclonal antibodies and you know and so different a million years that I think you know just a, a regular clinic that we would have to do things like that so even you know you can see even with ultrasound the utility of having point of care ultrasound 
you know, to do trans thoracic, you know, look, you know, looking at the lungs, you know, or maybe a person that's, you know, harder to stick, you know, using the ultrasound for that, or, you know, as we see the multiple organs that are affected, you know, by COVID to, you know, to be able to use like your point of care ultrasound to look at the the kidneys and so forth. And I know we were looking at kidneys beside the road with, you know, the coal trucks that were, you know, uh, going by and, you know, shaking our mobile mobile unit as we were doing, you know, uh, ultrasounds on kidneys, you know, looking at, you know, polycystic kidney disease and, you know, the things um, uh, in our patients with chronic kidney disease. And we were doing that. I was doing that with Dr. Ross Isaac, gosh, all those years ago. Uh, he was a nephrologist that would come down and he would do like a quarterly clinic here uh, in our region to take care of those patients with chronic, you know, chronic kidney disease. And he still helps uh, with that as well. So we've been u- using ultrasound and we, we, we pretty much will use any resource that uh, anybody can help us to get because there's certainly we can fill a gap here with about any resource. Wow. I, you know, I think of the old saying, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And you guys truly have been innovators in everything that you put your hands on, seems like. Um, yes. And I just have this image of that uh, health wagon trying to pull one of those big hills, you know, in uh, West Virginia and Southwest Virginia with the hole in there. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm glad you're getting a new wagon. Yes, it's dangerous on these mountain roads, you know, uh, anyway, not to add, you know, to the burden having, you know, probably improper equipment, yeah. you know, so, uh, you know, so we're, we're very glad, blessed with that. But, you know, we've had really good, you know, I, and when I, when I started all these years ago, I never thought that we would have like, you know, ultrasound and x-rays, you know, at, at our, like our stationary uh, clinics. And then we take, we do take ultrasound out mobily as well, but we've had good partners, uh, 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 you know, Dan uh, Malure, he's with like Rite Aid and Dr. Greenfield, he's a radiologist. He lives up in, in mm-hmm. New York and he reads our, you know, he reads our images for us as well as like Phillips Corporation. They actually gave us a very nice ultrasound machine. And, you know, I just want to, uh, every time I see that, I just want to grab it, you know, like hug that piece of equipment because <laughs> I'm just so excited with, you know, what we have done, but we couldn't have done it without all the good partners, you know, that have come, you know, surrounded us time and time again to make these, you know, wonderful things happen in our, in our region and really take care of a very vulnerable population that I feel personally that the rest of the nation has, you know, forgotten these because, you know, my father's a coal miner. We're in, you know, coal mining right. territory here. And, you know, the success of this nation was born on the backs of these coal miners. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you see kind of a blind eye to what goes on to the plight of the people here. Uh, And so, you know, we're all about, you know, trying to empower those uh, patients with, you know, health and, you know, the social. uh, We try to address a lot of like social injustice as well with these uh, individuals. And you guys have seen... um you know, it, you know, I'm thinking about the disparities that you touched on earlier in the program that you see in healthcare, and how a region like that uh, can be so neglected in the here in the first world. It's so unfortunate. Our people here, they live 20 years less than it's, than the, our counterparts out on the eastern shore of Virginia. I mean, it is it's just it's just really you know so sad that this does occur you know, in, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I try to invite all of our politicians, you know, when we were having our outreaches, you know, probably about the last seven years, um, you know, worked with uh, a pro bono lobbyist and he, Dr. Uh, Augie, um, 
Mr. Augie Wallemeyer, and he would, you know, he would say, let's, and, you know, he would come down and, and volunteer. He wrote a really great book, Extremes in Virginia, but he would come down hmm. and he would um, uh, work alongside us. And he was like, let's invite all the politicians here to see what you see. And so we would send out, you know, mass invites. And so we did get very, we did get a lot of, uh, you know, volunteer politicians that would actually come down and help. And it really opened, you know, opened their eyes here as well. Uh, we had, you know, they actually, you know, Virginia for a long time would not expand uh, Medicaid. And then we had um, actually Terry uh, Kilgore, um, Delegate Terry Kilgore, he he cast the vote to help his individuals here to pass Medicaid. It was by one vote. And so they did or, or expand Medicaid, I'm sorry, expand Medicaid in the state of yeah. Virginia. And then, you know, we've got a uh, delegate, uh, our, our sen- uh, Senator Todd Pillion. He he is actually a dentist and he has helped expand like the dental uh, Medicaid is here. So it always helps to, you know, invite, you know, the politicians and, you know, to never give up on that, that front. I think sometimes we, you know, get dismayed with politics, but never to give up and, you know, and, and try to educate people about what is, uh, you know, what is the, the health status here and what we are facing, you know, and, and, and like you, like you said, necessity is the mother of invention, you know, and, and people will come help once they, they, they know your plot because there's all kinds of good people that are out there that, you know, have, that generally care for, for others. And that's what I'm most proud about our region of all the negative stereotypes about, Appalachia and the people here, they're about family and community and caring for one another. And, you know, that is the thing I think I'm most, you know, uh, proud of uh, to be from here. You know, I went away from school, but I, you know, I came back. But, you know, I'm so proud of our people here. They're just, they are the most wonderful people on the planet, you know. Yeah. And you're right. You're right to say that. When I think of uh, underserved areas and disparities, when I think of the United States as a whole, I immediately think of uh, Native American reservations. I think of urban centers, but I also always think of Appalachia. And you're right. Uh, a lot of these people, you guys are a, a nice, blessed light to shine on in, in the work that you do. So I'm going to turn the page here and let's uh, talk about ultrasound. And um, let's just talk about maybe some stories you may have known how ultrasound, you did touch on polycystic kidney disease, uh, stories of how ultrasound played a critical role in your patient's outcome. What are you guys scanning and seeing a lot of? Yeah, I mean, so I think probably the most thing that we do is probably is, you know, uh, kidneys, and it probably depends on one of the things that we also attract is a lot of, you know, volunteers, and we're continuing looking for, you know, volunteers to come alongside. So whatever specialty like that we can, you know, attract is usually what we, you know, would, you know, where we could place those ultrasounds. So like, you know, Dr. Isaac's uh, nephrology, you know, he would come in and screen those with uh, kidney disease. You know, we've got Dr. Smitty. He is actually uh, our medical director and he's a pulmonologist. So, you know, he sees the utility in screening for, you know, things like uh, lung masses and pneumonia. You know, in plural effusion, because, you know, like say a, a, a patient, maybe we have, you know, diuresis for a plural effusion and maybe we need to know the status of their lungs. And, you know, they really can't afford to go in because our patients, you know, they typically do not have insurance or they have high copays and high deductibles. They can't just, you know, go in for that ultrasound or that CT. So we're able, you know, you can use the, the, the ultrasound to do those type things to see like if plural effusions have, you know, results. And so we right. see, you know, very much the utility and point of care screen. 
screening, you know, yeah. particularly um, for screenings for, you know, in the mobile clinic use, you know, and just to really have for, you know, bedside uh, care. And then we really see the utility, you know, with like, you know, COVID, um, you know, and having and that available because it's just, you know, the hospitals, I mean, are over, they've been overwhelmed with COVID. So you just can't like order a CT, not that our patients could afford it either. So we really, you know, when we've got, um, you know, mechanisms such as, you know, point of care ultrasound, you know, that we can use right in the clinic. I mean, I think that this should be taught in every medical school and every nursing school. I mean, it should come as commonplace as like a stethoscope because there's just incredible utility, uh, you know, for, for, for the, you know, for the ultrasound, just in, in, incredible. Well, we couldn't agree with you way beyond 200% on that. Absolutely. The stethoscope of the future, mm-hmm. uh, extension of the physical exam, all of those, it, they are true, those little catchphrases, and, and it, it is changing slowly with each, you know, generation or wave of medical students and residents. So you're overall, you would think that the point of care ultrasound is improved care in your patient population, whether you're doing needle guided or uh, screening or a, a certain pathology. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, even, you know, with, you know, m- maternal health and, you know, yeah. and, you know, when women present with, a, you know, ab- a, you know, with abdominal pain and, you know, bloating and, you know, and ovarian cancer is just such a silent killer. And we do. We actually do uh, a lot on women's health. Uh, Sister Bernie, she was actually a, a midwife, so she tra- she trained me a lot in you know women's health even in those early days. But to be able to you know to look at those you know ovaries and things, uh, you know, it's just uh, you know incredible utility to you know to that just across the board for you know really multiple. Um, multiple interventions, you know, that, that we would see, you know, where it's, where it's greatly needed. And particularly, you know, in a, a free clinic where, you know, you, you know, your, your nearest hospital is, you know, very far away or they don't, you know, you've got those barriers. They do not have insurance. You know, they have, have high co-pays, high deductibles. Yeah. And, you know, to be able to do that ultrasound is just very, you know, very incredible. Well, we here at Focus on Pocus agree with you a thousand percent. And, uh, Dr. Owens Tyson, wow, uh, this was really a good interaction we had today. It's great having you on today's Focus on Pocus podcast. It's quite an honor, and please keep the health wagon wheels rolling. We thank you for all you do and your team and all the great things you do to increase and innovate for rural patient health. Yes, thank thank you. And if anybody needs, you know, uh, additional information, you know, uh, our uh, web page is thehealthwagon.org. Um, our number is 276-328-8850. And we also have a large, you know, Facebook and social media presence. So look us up on Facebook and add us and, and share. We share a lot of what we do on there. We're always looking for you know, opportunities for others to get involved with us, whether it be, you know, student projects, volunteers, or, you know, I mean, even making that $20, you know, donation, it, 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 there is every day it saves lives there at the health wagon, these tremendous donors that came alongside us. So we're always looking for opportunities to engage others. Absolutely. And healthwagon.org. Check it out, everybody. And if you want to hear any more POCUS-style topics, you can follow us on Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy and Twitter at POCUS Academy. 
But really check out healthwagon.org. They're doing great things, and hopefully we'll be able to work with you guys in the future. Thank you so much, Dr. Tyson. Thank you. Be safe out there. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.